Welcome to Reclaiming the Faith with Phil Baker, a podcast with a mission to reveal what the earliest Christians believed about the core issues facing us today. You can find links to all of Phil's resources at philsbaker.com. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen today. Take a moment to share this podcast with your friends. Now, here's Phil. Hey, y'all. This is episode 148 of Reclaiming the Faith, and today I'm blessed to be joined by my good buddy, Kenny C., of the podcast, The Rock with Kenny C. You can find him at therockwithkennyc.net. You can connect with him on Facebook. He's the owner and music instructor of C's School of Music. He's been a speaker at the Defender Conference. He played on a couple of my songs on the Dusk and Dawn album. Just an incredible musician, incredible brother in Christ, and I am just really excited for y'all to get to hear some of his story and and for y'all to get to hear us discuss some of the potential blessings and dangers of music. So go check out his podcast, The Rock with Kenny C. Check out what he's doing with Tom Dunn and Vicky Joy on Audiotopsy on YouTube. And if you're blessed by this podcast, please consider leaving a positive rating and review on my Apple podcast channel, Reclaiming the Faith. And go check out that Dusk and Dawn album as well. You can stream it on Spotify or Apple Music, or you can download it as well. They're on Apple Music or wherever you can download songs. And if you stick around to the end of this episode, you'll hear one of the songs that Kenny played on on my Dusk and Dawn album. The song is called The End. So yeah, stick around. It's going to be a great interview. I'm blessed to be a part of Omega Frequency with BDK. You can hear what we do on the Omega Frequency Live and Omega Frequency YouTube channels. It's also on Rumble. Go check those out. And also go check out the Omega Frequency podcast wherever you check out podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can hear the uh, latest Ready With An Answer episode that we did all right, well, without any further ado, let's get into episode 148, my interview with Kenny C. All right, Kenny C., thanks so much for coming on Reclaiming the Faith. Thank you, man. I'm glad to be here, Phil. Yeah. Hey, man, we've never actually we've never ever actually talked in person yet. I know, man. We got to work together a little bit, man. You came on two of my songs from my last yeah. album, man. Yeah, that was pretty cool, man. I, I yeah, I was excited about that, man. You you got that's some great material, man. I was real happy the way it turned out and and uh was excited when the album dropped, man. I think you you got some serious talent, man. It's good. It's good stuff, man. I love it. Well, dude, I appreciate it, man. For those of y'all who don't know Kenny, he's the host of the podcast The Rock with Kenny C. He's the owner and music instructor at C School of Music. He spoke at the Defender Conference, right? And I did. That's the yeah, that was the virtual conference that was for the yeah. fall. Yeah. Yeah, and you got a couple of conferences coming up this year as well. Yeah, yeah, I do. I've got, I'm going to be at uh, Dayton, Ohio for the Out of the Darkness. This is the uh, um, Through the Black organization, which is Tom Dunn, who comes from Russ Dizdar and all that. And Tom's got a great, he's got a great team and a lot of cool things. I do a podcast with him 
Tom Dunn and Vicki Joy Anderson um, every week on Friday nights at 11 o'clock on YouTube and Rumble if YouTube takes it down, which they occasionally they do. And, and that's a that's a, a podcast about music, man. We're just talk, like uh, approaching music as Christians and looking at lyrical content, looking at how things are going to it. We're not telling people you should or should not listen to it. We're basically kind of going in and doing a little bit of a dissection, seeing how things are made, seeing what stuff's going on in the real world and putting a biblical worldview to it. So and really great show. I love it. That's Audiotopsy, right? Audiotopsy, yeah. You can find it on uh, YouTube and and Rumble. Uh, every once in a while, YouTube does not like what we talk about. Because <laughs> it's Jesus, man. It's it's crazy what they do with that, man. They'll take stuff down. You're like, that's what you're taking it down for? Okay, whatever, man. Well, we're not going to stop talking. We're still here, kids. <laughs> Well, speaking of Jesus, you know, can, yeah. can you briefly describe your testimony of how God brought you into Jesus' kingdom? I don't know if I can ever do anything briefly, but <laughs> I will try to shorten this up. Um, honestly, my my life, uh, you know, as, as as a young kid, I was um, raised in a, a family that, you know, my, with divorce. Uh, mm-hmm. My parents were divorced. And during that time period of di- the divorce as a young kid, I was about 12 or 13, um, my older brother was, um, he was killed in a car wreck mm. and he was 17. I was 13. And, um, that was a big change in my life at that point because my parents were separated or they were divorced. My mom was working all the time. Um, I kind of fell into music. His music collection came to me and as a seven, I was 13 and I got this you know, cassette collection of Van Halen, one, two, and Death Leopard and ACDC and Genesis and Toto. And, and it was like all the big stuff. And I was kind of a nerd kid, man. I I played Dungeons and Dragons and read a lot of books and I was, that's what my thing was. But I I fell in love with guitar and it just started like, like, this is something I really love. So, um, you know, I was, I was being pulled in all the time. God was kind of trying to drag me in a direction and I was kind of fighting it the whole time. Cause I, I wanted to be a rock star, you know, hair down to my waist and playing out. And, and, um, I, I got to do that. And that was, what was really interesting was that God allowed me to see that and go out and use it. I built, I know I actually went to Berkeley college of music. I've done a lot of, um, training and I've played and taught music my whole life. So, uh, that's all I knew. And that's all I've ever done. And, um, but I, I was, um, around 20, well, 2009, I was playing with a world renowned journey tribute band called frontiers and the lead singer had been picked up by journey to be the new lead singer journey before Arnell came into it. And he wrote some songs with them and it didn't work out. And he decided to go full time and asked me to come be the guitar player. So I dropped all my teaching and all my stuff and, at 39 years old, I went out on the road and got to play rock star and uh, got to play and play to thousands and thousands of people to the biggest venues, House of Blues, Hard Rock Cafes, massive events, uh, you know, thousands and thousands of people. It was my dream come true. Mm-hmm. But my life was falling apart behind the scenes. My family, I was married, I had kids. Um, and a lot of stuff, God was letting me see things. And the more I got to see and what was going on with it, I was realizing that I was not as happy as I thought I'd be. Yeah. And so I was playing a show in Kennesaw, Georgia, uh, thousands of people there. I um, was on stage playing Don't Stop Believing" by Journey. 
And I had literally told the the lead singer before we went on stage. I'm like, man, I, I love this job. I will never leave it. This is the, this is what I did my whole life. And I'm on stage playing. Don't stop believing. And time completely stopped. I watched mm. everything slow down during the song. The people were all kind of doing their hands up. And I, and I, and I was like looking out in the crowd and a voice in my head said, this is not what you're supposed to do. And I, then everything came back in and we we're playing. And I knew when I came off stage, I was like, I just told them I'm not going to leave. And within 30 minutes later of coming off stage, I went, Hey man, I got to put in my notice. I'm uh, something else is coming on. So that was my start. That's where really God started pulling me. And I'm going to tell you that was the, the easy part because from that point on, uh, I learned what true spiritual warfare was because at that point, I, point I'd made my, made up my mind that I was gonna, I was coming to Jesus. God had spoken to me, and um, boy, oh boy, did I! I was in for it, man. I got thrown so much stuff at me, just just unbelievable. But I realized at that point it was like, okay, I'm on the right path because this is this is getting to be very hard, and choices were being made and doing this stuff. So I felt. Very lucky. I found I found a church which was called Journey Church of all all things, and uh, and I just I, I fell in love with it. Got rebaptized in the parking lot of a movie theater, um, and and that's when my life really started to change. Um, I was still playing music. Um, uh, the band, the people that I met in my church, um, we all played outside and did things and brought people to our church. We played a lot of secular music, but it was clean and family oriented. And we brought a lot of people who would never come to church because they'd come see our band in a festival or something. They'd come see us. So I was really enjoying what was going on with it. 2018, uh, another Journey tribute band that I was friends with, who I filled in with a couple times, uh, their guitar player uh, couldn't make some a tour. And he asked me if I could fill in. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I know these songs. I played them for you know years. So worked up the songs, got on a tour bus, went to Washington, D.C., Got on stage, and the first song's playing separate ways. There's that synthesizer. It's going like that. And I had a heart attack right on stage. And I was actually in the best shape of my life at that time. I'd been really on a real serious diet, doing things. My health was really good. So it was a shock when it hit me. Um, I didn't realize totally that's what had happened with me. I'd had some health issues before. Uh, but, but yeah, I had a heart attack. And um, I actually finished out the tour which was uh, kind of crazy, but I didn't wanna, I didn't want to leave them hanging, and I didn't realize I'd had a full-fledged heart attack. So five days later, I got back to Roanoke, Virginia. Uh, doctors were like, hey, man, you, you had a heart attack. And I was like, uh, yeah, I think something happened. And, then, uh, and, and that was the big change for me when things started to really shift because mm-hmm. um, I ended up having uh, triple bypass surgery. It you know, started taking it. I got back out playing again for another year and a half, uh, when the pandemic hit in 2020, um, I lost half of my income because all the shows got shut down. What I did for my living was gone. And I was already teaching, but I remember praying about it. And God um, took my teaching visit business and put it all online, virtual. And I went from teaching about 20 students a week to 70 in about three weeks. Wow. And it, it covered everything that I had from playing. I didn't have to play shows. I ended up having a heart attack again during a streaming concert, kind of like we're talking. I was playing a concert, had another heart attack. 
And that one kind of put the, the, the nail in the coffin for me for being able to really play shows. I played one more show January 4th of 2020, uh, and that was it. I knew at that point I couldn't play live anymore. And so um, that's when um, God kind of put me on this. And it was like, okay, what am I, what am I going to do with this? And, and God's like, you're going to start talking with people. And uh, I didn't, I thought that meant a podcast. So I made a podcast and I've been doing it, but I haven't done a whole lot with it last year because uh, God keeps opening different doors for me. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I'm able to listen because it's hard when, you know, you people, sometimes you don't listen. You don't, you hear that voice and it's not what you want to hear. Mm-hmm. And you're like, you know, what does God want me for to do? And I, I would pray on that a lot. What is it you want me? What is, what do you want me to do? God, not my, use my abilities, do this. And um, then the, the places started calling me. Hey, I think you should come speak at this event. I'm like, you know, I'm just a music teacher. And they're like, no, you've got something else, man. So I go do an event that gets me in another event that gets me on Skywatch. I'm, I'm getting ready to do the second Skywatch uh, uh, presentation here in April. Um, it's a, it's just a lot more than I thought it was going to be. And um, I'm doing a whole lot of going on to other people's podcasts and, and a lot of it's just that the rock with Kenny C is just me trying to uh, reach people, man, reach people about Jesus. I think time is short. I think we've got to get people back on track and to understand, you know, what's really important in life and, 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 and uh, what you're really meant to do here. Yeah, man. Well, you've already kind of hit on this, um, but h- how okay. has God used music to demonstrate his faithfulness to you? and draw you deeper into a relationship with him? Um, you know, for me, it was, uh, I went through a whole lot of stuff where th- things were thrown at me that that were very worldly, and I thought that's what stuff would make me happy, and it didn't. And God kept pushing me, and just, I, I would meet certain people at certain times. I mean, um, you know, I wasn't really looking for a church, I was doing my own thing, kind of studying on my own. But, uh, you know, this guy came, I saw this guy one day and he was a bodybuilder guy I used to know. And he's like, man, you should come to my church. It's a cool church, man. They got cool music, all this stuff. I was like, okay. I didn't think nothing about it. And it was Journey Church. And I mean, in two weeks, man, I'm, I was in church sobbing my eyes out. I was like, God's speaking to me through this, this preacher's talking to me. And I realized that he just, he, he was, it was meant for me. And I, I was like, okay, I got this. So I was like, I got to really, you know, start on things. So I got baptized, rebaptized. I got baptized as a kid, but I don't, it didn't mean much to me. I wanted it to be, mean something. I was like, okay, I want this to be my public proclamation of, I'm going to show, this is it. This is what is God's washing me of my sins and go with it. So, uh, I think leading me to this church has been a great thing. Now, I, I'll tell you, you were kind of, you like the stuff. I love a lot of fringy stuff, man. I'm into a lot of things. I, uh, you know, I, I've been to Mike Heiser's school, uh, Awakening School of Theology. I've got a yeah. two-year certificate there. Um, I study with Ju- Dr. Judd Burton. I love stuff. Skywatch, Tom Horn, Derek Gilbert, Shannon Gilbert. I love the, that kind of stuff. But I realize sometimes that's not what people that are in normal life and, and stuff it re- relates to them. So I love that stuff, but I love that people call me and go, well, what about your church? Does your church talk about the Nephilim and Genesis 6-4 and all this stuff? And I said, not really. And they're, right. and they're like, well, why do you? I said, because what the, the church's p- f- function for me and that is that we're reaching people in the in the area, people who in real life 
real real issues and stuff like that. That stuff is great, and I love it, and I love reading it, and studying it, and talking about it. But we're, you got to you got to reach people where they're you know they're struggling with jobs, money, relationships. Those things are what your church should be re- reaching out to people from. I love it. I hear people. And I'm like, oh, our church talks about this. I'm like, that's awesome. I've been a couple. Love them. They're not here. But people ask me, I said, you need to find a church. And there's no there's no perfect church. There's a lot of churches that you can find great outreach programs and a great minister. Find some churches doing those kind of things. Make it part of your thing. You've got to be around people. You've got to be. That's just that's just my thing with it. It doesn't have to be a, a perfect church. It reaches everything you do because that's your own time, man. I do about an hour to two hours of Bible study a day myself personally for my own. Cut everything off, do my stuff. That's what... Everyone should be doing at some level. I'm not saying everybody should do two hours, but if you can't carve 30 minutes out of your day, man, you're you're wasting your time because yeah. you know God deserves it all. And uh, I love, and I'm telling you, I tell people all the time that when you're in, when you're on track with that and God, you can be thrown a lot of really hard things, man, job and money and illness and sickness. And people are always like, man, how are you so positive about things? I said, man. Because I know, I know Jesus Christ. I know what he did for me. And I know that I'm supposed to spend my life bringing people to this, to know who, who is Jesus. And uh, man, that makes me makes me happy every day. I look at it and go, this is what we were made for. And how can I be upset about stuff? And people are like, oh man, you're always, you had some health issues and heart attacks and all this stuff. I've got a whole lot more than that going on. But I look at it and say, God he everything is in his time and his place. He knows what he's doing, and his he's led me to some really great health um, discoveries, and led me to people that um, I would never have met if I hadn't just listened to him and say, "Go speak at this event." And I did, and by doing that, I met like Dr. Sherry uh, Five and Dime. I can't call her the name because I don't want your podcast get taken down. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that's another big part of my story too. I mean, I I had severe heart failure. Um, I just went to Cleveland, Ohio for two months to, to spend time with Dr. Sherry Fivendime. You can look up. You'll know who I'm talking about. But um, it fixed me, man. It totally um, it put me back. My health, I came back. I'm able to do um, 30 to 40, 50 minutes of cardio a day. I've never done that in my entire life. And I get up and I'm able to because I look at it and say, God has said, okay, I'm gonna, we're going to fix this. We're going to fix this for you. What are you doing for me? And so every day is another day. I get up. I make sure I, I'm working on my body and stuff. And right now I'm a little hoarse because I'm going through whatever strange virus the government's trying to kill us with out there right now. <laughs> it ain't happening, man. I'm still here. Me and Bill, we're not. We're gonna break through this virus, man. My voice sounds crazy though. <laughs> You're good, man. It, it's cool. Yeah. You've been highlighting these like defining moments in your life. Yeah. Um, yeah, I had one of those kind of moments back in 2010 where I got introduced in in a more full way to a lot of the early church stuff, the anti-Nicene yeah. writings, and really dug into so much stuff. But I found it strange, like super strange for me, when I started reading about how they approached instruments with sure. church, right? And uh, there's a lot of fear, I think, that certain people around the turn of the third century uh, had that were causing them to be very cautious. Uh, And so I I wanted to read a a few quotes to you 
a couple from Clement of Alexandria, and then one from Tertullian, one from Cyprian. Just kind of get you to react at it, yeah, okay? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because obviously, you know, you and I love music, and we, we do, use we instruments do, to glorify God, right? Absolutely. And so, Absolutely. yeah, yeah. So anyway. Here we go. So this this is Clement. He says, For if people occupy their time with pipes and psalteries and choirs and dances and Egyptian clapping of hands and such disorderly frivolities uh, or frivolities, they become quite immodest and intractable. They beat on cymbals and drums and make noise on instruments of delusion for plainly such a banquet as it seems to me as a theater of drunkenness. For the apostle decrees that Putting off the works of darkness, we should put on the armor of light, walking in honesty as in the day, not spending our time in rioting and drunkenness and chambering and wantonness. Therefore, in light of what Paul says, Clement says, we should let the pipe be resigned to the shepherds and the flute to the superstitious who are engrossed in idolatry. For in truth, instruments are to be banished from the temple banquet, being more suitable to beasts than men, and the more irrational portion of mankind. So that's that's one from Clement. Um, that's, a, that's a good one, man. Isn't it? You want to talk about that one first? Go for it, man. Yeah, um, do it. I, I, I love reading stuff like that because I, I feel that, to me, it show it really does show there is a, there is a power in music and mm. sound and frequencies and stuff. Um, my I When I've read these things, I look at it, I understand at the time that, uh, this is what I my my thoughts on stuff. God created everything, man. He created music, created frequency. I mean, existence was spoken in. That's a frequency. I always think about it and say that the only thing the enemy can do is tweak it. They can't create it. It's already been created. But what they do is say, what can we do to make this against this? So, you know, tell kind of getting people to say, hey, we're taking your the sounds and it's going to be all this and it's for all this drunken stuff. And guess what? They can. Everything we have that is made by God can be twisted. Food, sex, music, everything. It right. can be. But God created it all. And, there, and it, we can take that and utilize it in any way possible. I've seen some different churches and stuff that talk about this. And if people have come at me and said, hey, man, you know, it's cool. You're, you're, you love Jesus, but you can't play guitar and be a Christian and do all this stuff. And I'm like, I'm, I laugh and I go, God created sound. How are you going to tell me that I cannot use whatever instrument I have? It might be my voice. It might be that I can just make a clapping sound, man. It could, you know, to me, if if my thought process is I'm doing this to worship my my Lord, then it cannot be wrong. It can't be that the instrument. Now, can can you take that music and do stuff? Man, absolutely, man. There is some crazy stuff out there. Dance clubs work to certain beats. But can that, can that not also be utilized for good? It can. I think it's just, to me, it's one of those things. I, I read it. I think they were scared. I think they could see that there was that there was this stuff that comes into it. And guess what? Even I will say, even in what I've dealt with it, in terms of my life and music, I understood that fun times in my life, I was an alcohol salesperson. That's what my job was. It wasn't to play great music. It was, are you going to bring people in that drink alcohol? And that was a real tough thing for me because I had to, I went around with that for a long time and it kind of pulled me out of that thing. Um, but, but I also learned the other thing about that is too, is that I, I was like, I'm going to pull myself out of this and I'm not going to do Christian music. 
But then I had some people that reached me that said, man, you have the ability to reach people that will never come to church. And I, and I said, you can't be part of what they're doing in terms. You can't be up there drinking and being part of it, but you can be in there and showing them the light of Jesus. And that's when I really found my calling was I can still go out here. I am now just starting to get onto writing and playing a lot of Christian music like you do. Like I'm really, this is my first venture into I this I'm really excited about it. I'm, I'm going to do some things like that, but I'd never done that before. I've always kind of been like I was still out doing um, secular music in places, but people would see me with my cross. They see me pray before things, and they would talk, and they would always come up, and I would reach people that were in clubs or shows who saw that, and they'd had they'd been having a hard time, or they were having alcohol problems or something, and they'd come to talk to me, and they realized they're like, "Hey, man, are you a Christian?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, man." They're like. Can I talk to you? And I every time, man, boom, I got somebody. They talk to me. They're going through stuff. I would have never met them if I hadn't been out there playing that show. So, and I brought hundreds of people to my church just from from that, just from being out there. People coming up, they see my they see my band praying. They see us, you know, stuff. They see us not being involved in the actual stuff. We're not drinking. We're not doing this stuff. And um, and that's what worked for me, man. That's why. So I, I read this and I, and I hear that and I get it. It's. It, they were scared, man. They were afraid that that stuff, because music can be utilized in that. It can be, but for me, God created everything. And so um, I hate to tell them, man, I'm using it. I'm using it all in the glory of in the glory of God. So <laughs> we can have yeah. a battle, man. I'll have a bad. I got, I got some great musician friends like Phil here and some stuff. We got great music. Dude, I'm telling you, your song, The End, one of the coolest songs I'd ever heard. I love that song, man. I really loved it. The, the lyrics stuck out to me. The vibe of it, I was like, this is really cool because it's not normal praise and worship. Yet it is. And I, I really, I re- that song really stuck with me a lot. So I'm really happy you let me come play on that one a lot. Hey, I like man. that. Thanks, well, dude. Yeah. Yeah, man. When I, when I was reading that Clement quote, what was what was standing out to me is it seems a lot like he's using eisegesis. Basically, you know, he has a, a point that he wants to make. Yes, you're right. Which is music is dangerous. Now yes, let me, or it could be dangerous. Sure. So let me, let me go find something from Paul to back up my point and take, just take it out of context, you know, and that's what a lot of people do. Yeah, and, and what's great about this is that, like, when you say that, a lot of people, a lot of people don't know what eisegesis or exegesis, how that actually works in terms of theology. So, um, you know, when you when you say that, he's like I said, he's taking something and twi- pushing it in his thought process, not the other way around. It should be, right. um, you know, using it. So you are completely right on that. That's that's exactly what he was doing. Hey, we all make mistakes and stuff, man. I feel like, I look at it like this: that my theology from ten years ago is not the same as it is now. And I'm gonna tell you, like I said, I've learned so much through these people, like Mike Heiser. Um, God bless him, man. He is he's on the end of his life right now, and it's it's a tough yeah. week. But he, the stuff he introduced it to me, as the more I learned, like we're sitting here talking. The more I learned and the bigger things got, the smaller the idea of what I needed to know and how simple the gospel was. And I'm like, you're making it too complicated. You're reading these books and all these things and you're, you know, you're explaining all this stuff. And ultimately I was like, dude, man, it's Jesus on the cross for our sins. And you, once you get that, man, that's just, it's great. It's hard to get that to people. 
because people find that hard to believe. They can believe, oh, they can believe all kinds of stuff. Oh, I can believe a uh, virgin birth and I can believe this stuff, but you know, all this, but uh, you know, oh, I don't know, man, Jesus res- resurrected. I, I don't know, man. And you get people starting to twist the, the, the gospel and you're like, no, man, it's, it's all there. It has to be, that has to be part of it. You have to go with that. So well, let's, let's do a little Tertullian here. Yeah. Give me some I, Tertullian. I, yeah. I really like what he has to say here because he's, he's being intellectually honest. Because cool. he has some of the same reservations that Clement has. Yeah. But he's willing to say, well, we can't go that far. Yeah. So he goes, nay, if he also first strung the chord to give forth melody, I will not deny when listening to David that this invention has been in use with the saints and has ministered to God. So he's talking about some stringed instruments there. Yeah, yeah. And right. Yeah. So one one thing really quick, like we could bring into the conversation would be 1 Samuel 16, where Saul has been given an evil spirit, right? And the people around him, his counselors are like, we need to find someone that's really skilled with the liar because that's going to help you out. Watch. And then they bring in David and sure enough, the wow. evil spirit leaves Saul when he starts playing certain, you know, frequencies, certain melody. Right, right. And the intention, know. that's that's the thing. That music could be used either way when there's talking about it, but the intention was good. And and with that became releasing the situation. Now that's a great, that's a great quote, and it makes a lot of sense to me. Um, you know, I, that's the way I approach it, that's the way I see it. Uh, that's What's kind of because I've had a lot of people come at me with this stuff, and I'm just like, oh man, I, you know, I, I look, I'm ultimately I will go down, I will go down on the ship with this, and God created it, He created it all, so uh, we right. can we can utilize it for what we want to. Yeah. All right. So what? One last one. Okay. We'll get into some other stuff, but this is Cyprian, so he's going to talk about the power basically that it has, and so he's not saying we shouldn't have any kind of instruments in church or anything. He's just saying there is power here that could be dangerous. It's kind of like, you know, like a gun. You know, a, a gun can save your life. It can get Absolutely. you food or yeah. it can cause a horrible accident. Yeah, so right. let's, let's right. be really careful here. So he goes, be sober and watch because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, goes about seeking anyone to devour. So quoting First uh, Peter 5 there. And he goes, he goes about every one of us And even as an enemy besieging those who are shut up in a city, he examines the walls and tries whether there is any part of the walls less firm or less trustworthy. He's looking for a weak point. Yes. By entrance through which he may penetrate to the inside. So then he goes after different senses, right? Uh, Supreme says he goes after our eyes. He presents to the eyes seductive forms and easy pleasures that he may destroy chastity by the sight. And then he goes to hearing. He tempts the ears with harmonious music that by the hearing of sweet sounds, he may relax and destroy Christian vigor. So what's, what's your reaction to that? You know, what's amazing to hear that, and that was what that quote was around, what, 250 AD? Yeah. Tell me how that is any different from anything right now. It's exactly the same. Yeah. We have, we've allowed entertainment to become a moral center uh, people watch things and they know they shouldn't. There's stuff you go, you know, this isn't good. And you, and you, well, everybody's watching it, you know, and there's lots of things. I'll see things sometimes, sometimes I go, yeah, I can't get into this. It's not going to happen. It's against what I think. But that's with all music. I can't, I mean, I had a kid bring in a song the other day 
and it was Little Nas X, and he's a he's a rapper, and he had that big hit song, the uh, Old Town Road, right? Yeah, and that song was a big hit with young kids, but the lyrics were not for kids. It right. was singing about stuff it wasn't, and yet right. here that was going on. It became this huge big thing. Now he gets really big and super powerful, and he puts out this song. Now, if you just listen to the song without seeing the visuals, you're like, oh, it's, it's a harmless song. But the visuals of his song, the, the video that I saw was complete uh, insanity. This is being marketed to kids. Yeah. This is being marketed to kids. You can't say it's not because guess what? The radio stations are playing it. Yeah. And if the kids are listening to it, I don't care if you bleep every word out of it. They know what it is. Right. You know what it is. This is like talking about it. It's and it's easy. It's easy for things to get catch people these days, man, because we've become so adjusted to this uh, you know, we have short attention spans, we have TikTok and Instagram and everything just flowing through all this stuff, man. And people have gotten away from uh, you know, being able to just cut everything off, spend time with their in the Bible and with the word. That is so important. It's more important now than it was back then. I tell people all the time, if you cannot separate that and bring that time to yourself, you're going to fall. You're going to have some major issues in your life. You have to start taking that stuff out. So, and I'll, and I'll tell you, this is, and there's some things I was going to tell you with, because um, I knew you were talking about it a little bit. And I don't know if you, it might be another question later. I'll, I'll get to that when we get to that. But I got, yeah. I got some answers I've been working on. I got some uh, research. So we'll get to that. From a music theory and spiritual perspective, okay. and you're already starting to kind of hit on some of this stuff, but what are some potential benefits of music? Okay. Well, I'm going to tell you, um, I've got some things, just from what I'm doing a lot of research, I am I am writing, I'm actually writing two books right now. I'm writing one book, it's basically my um, autobiography about my life, Christ. what brought me to Christ and uh, where I'm at now and, and lots of things. And it's it's interesting. I'm having a good time writing it. It's just, it's going to take a while. Actually, I have um, Vicki Joy Anderson um, who wrote, uh, they, they only come out at night. She's got like 10 or 12 books. She's an amazing writer. She's mentoring me. So uh, if it's a bad book, it's her fault. <laughs> uh, she's really, she's really helped me pull some writing onto it. But what some of the research I've done is also looking into the health benefits of music. What is good about music for us? And you know, a lot of research I've got, it can improve your mood and it can decrease pain and anxiety. There's also, uh, it'll, it'll facilitate opportunities for emotional expression. But a lot of things I've, what I've come across is that it, it is, it's, it's heart healthy. Um, that showed that there's research that shows that blood flows more easily when music is played. Mm-hmm. It also reduces your heart rate, lowers your blood pressure, uh, decreases cortisol, stress hormones levels. It increases serotonin and endorphin levels in the blood. And that's just on m- listening to music. Um, but so I have a couple things here with it. It can elevate your mood. Um, it can it can boost the brain's production of the hormone dopamine. Yeah. Uh, that helps relieve uh, feelings of anxiety and depression. Um, and the music is processed directly by the amygdala, and it's, which is the part of the brain that involves your mood and emotions. Um, it reduces stress. Um Research has found that listening to music can release stress by, um, what did I say here? by triggering biochemical stress reducers. Now, how do we, you know, we can't control that. That's what's amazing to me is that we're, this stuff does something to us without us thinking about it. We're yeah. putting on music. It's creating a, a thing. And I look at it and go, God is so good he, that he created our bodies to 
to react to this. And so um, I, some of the things I've su- studied in my research and stuff is it also stimulates memories. Um, you know, there's no cure for Alzheimer's or dementia, but uh, music therapy has been shown to relieve some of the symptoms of it. Um, music therapy can relax an, ag- an agitated patient. Um, it, you'll see people that have completely have no cognitive skill to speak anymore and p- put a song on and it triggers a part of their brain where they come alive and are singing the song from their childhood. I saw one recently with a guy that he, he literally had one hand he could play with. They started playing some jazz and he put his hand on a keyboard and he started playing complicated jazz stuff, man. It was from his youth. And they were like, he couldn't even speak or talk anymore yet. They triggered that in his head. And that's just fascinating because you know, that your brain is so, um, it also manages pain, man. You can manage his stress levels by, um, uh, certain music can help, you know, pain management. Um, it eases pain. Uh, it helps people eat less, which is kind of crazy. Cause I, I don't know, man, if I'm in a taco place and the music's playing good, I'm, it's a couple tacos in there, but they said that they, if they play it soft in the background and with the lights dim, people will eat, will slow down their eating and, uh, we'll, we'll do their time a little more. So it's kind of interesting. Um, it also increases workout endurance, man. People listen to why I know I listen to music every day when I'm listening to stuff and certain songs really work for me. And I, you know, it's, it's been pretty, pretty interesting to see that, that going on to it. But now, and that's more of like, as far as like the sound and frequency in terms of like music theory, um, you know, I kind of, I, I do some music theory stuff that that people got a little bent out of shape at one of my uh, uh, something got shared. It was a it was a screenshot of me talking about something I called the Judas note, and it was the the tritone. I c- created that term, the Judas note. That's mine. The only reason why was I was trying to come up with ways to teach kids music theory. So I was going with the fact that we have the 12 semitones, the 12 tones of the music, and you have the disciples, you have all these things that match up with that. And then, so I started teaching people how to build chords using biblical ideas. So to me, it was always God was the root. That was one. The Holy Spirit was five. That's your fifth. There's your root and fifth. It creates this thing. But the third is Jesus. That's where the, the sound, you get the major minor, you, your quality of stuff comes into it. And having those three together creates the harmonies. Everything we have, the, you know, with the, the Trinity, the, the, tri, the, you know, the triads, all these things are built numbers and stuff. And you're like, oh, it's really cool. But the sixth note and in in half steps with the, the mental thing right there is the tritone. And it was called the Diablos and Musica and 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 I've heard things about it. Oh, they couldn't put it in certain types of classical music because it, you know, it would call they would put you to death. And I found a lot of stuff. I couldn't find anything that completely supported that. I think it's a lot of myth talk. Mm. But the sound itself is a little disjunctional and it falls right between the the two octaves. So I called it the Judas notes because in blues music that note is a flat five and it creates a bluesy sound, stuff like this. And, but in um, something called a, a, a Lydian, which is a mode of major scale, that's the sharp four. The sharp four and the flat five are the same note. Right. But when you hear music played as a bluesy thing, it's got a different feel to it. And then the sharp four functions as this much brighter sound. And you're right. like, the same note could be used 
to be the brightest note and a dark note. Mm-hmm. And I, so my feeling was always, like I said, and when you're building the chords, you're like, okay, you're building your chord here. Here's God. Here's this Holy Spirit. Here's Jesus. There's a triad. Oh, man, look, here's this tritone. Oh, it's a Diabolos and Musica. You throw right. it in there. And I say, if you put it in here, you could make this Lydian chord, and it can be the brightest chord you ever heard, brighter than major. Mm-hmm. But you could also utilize it as the the, the tritone, the the flat five, and you get the sound of all the songs and music that people have been doing, Black Sabbath and Inner Sandman, boom, 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 that little that thing. It's yeah. in all this stuff. Why do people utilize that? It has a dark sound to it, but the same note can be used to be the brightest sound. So I said that to me was Judas. Mm-hmm. Music does not exist without that. Judas was one of the most important parts of the gospel. You know, what he did had to happen. Was it terrible? Yes. But was it was it supposed to be if it not had happened? There's no gospel story. His right. his his story. So I always tell people they look at that and go, "Wow!" So this note's very very important, and it's important in how you use it. Yeah. So that was mostly my music theory thing is more of like I was telling because people took it and thought I was telling people that there were evil notes. Oh, that Christian Kenny dude was saying that there's evil notes. I'm like, no, that's not what I said. I mean, I had people get really bent out of shape. I had some hate. I mean, I got some serious internet hate about it. And wow. I had to explain to him. I was like, I'm, I'm really talking about music theory. And that's that's just, you know, theory is just, you know, how to build chords and scales and all that stuff. It's not as important as what the sound is. Yeah. <coughs> oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, you're good, man. Um, I know that's know, some deep stuff. That's some, that's some things out there. I'm trying to work that into – I'm going to try to devise a system that utilizes that. Um, because I think it's pretty fun. It's a cool way to teach the gospel, uh, to teach people about God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit, how the, with the Trinity. It's a, it's just neat. I've never seen anybody do it, so I was like, you know what? I'm God put it in my head. I was like, all right, let's go with it. Let's see what this is. So, yeah, some people may not like it, but I think the kids I teach it to love it. Yeah, love it. They love it. They get excited because they start thinking about sounds. And then they can move it around and go, I can move this here, the root, the fifth here, and change the third and get a different quality. Yep. And they start thinking about it. And they're like, oh, wow, this is, you know, they see the the gospel of it. It's just amazing, man. It's amazing. You know, there were, uh, there were some scrolls found in Cave 11, I think it is, of Qumran uh, from the Essene community, right? That yeah. uh, there, there were four put together that were psalms for exorcisms, oh, right? Yes. Do you, do you yes, remember this? I do, yeah. Right. And so like one of them was Psalm 91, and then one of them was attributed to David. Yeah. There's there some different ones, but it's interesting that they have like psalms that you're using, right? Music and words yep. put together for the express purpose of casting out demons. Yeah, I've read that. That's a, that's a really interesting thing with that. Now think about that. Is it because, and this is what I talk about with frequencies. You ever notice how people can, we, you go to a birthday party and somebody starts singing happy birthday. Nobody has to know where that note is. It's just right. out there in the ether. It's a, it's an invisible note. Nobody knows where the starting pitch is. Everybody jumps in. Nobody's on the same thing, but we're all singing the same intervals at different yeah. times. So you have this crazy cacophony of music, but we understand that we still you're still hearing happy birthday to you, even if you don't know how to sing, can't, but you can hear it. And you're like, that's amazing. That means that everything's kind of on a basis of equality, that it's yeah. all there. We can utilize this in any way we want. So um, 
the fact that you could you could say I'm going to purposefully write this music to cast out demons, I think is completely amazing. And uh, I, I, to me, that's like supernatural stuff that we need more of that, man. I want you know, I, that's that was that means that somebody sat down and said, I'm going to use music to cast out demons. Yeah. That's, that's wild, man. That's wild stuff. Gives me yeah. hope. <laughs> for sure. For sure. That's going to be our next song we write. Hey, there you go, man. Well, what about some potential dangers from a theory? I mean, you're kind of hitting the theory stuff Um but uh, with the flat fifth, but uh, also from a spiritual perspective. Yeah, you know, I will tell you this. This is what I, th- with. it's not necessarily, um, for me, the dangers of music is the, the what falls into the life, what, like, going out and being a musician, right? And be, being, it's, it's not an easy job, and it's not a job that's great for families, and it's not gr- a job, you know, it's, you're away from home. I learned a whole lot. And I think this is why I'm really glad God let me see a lot of this, because it was things I thought I wanted, and but they were all worldly, physical things, and I wanted to be, you know, play music and do this stuff. It wasn't glorifying God at all. Yeah. And he let me see that to get, so I could be like, when it was time, it was like, all right, now it's time. This is the time for it. But what I realized was why I saw so many people on the road who were depressed, who had alcohol problems, drug problems, because even though they were doing something they loved for maybe two hours on stage, there was 22 other hours where they were not getting that that high from being up in front of people and stuff. So. There's a danger in that because then, you know, you always hear the, you hear the songs where the, the guys, you know, like uh, turn the page, Bob Seger. He's talking about that, you know, that that thing. And I experienced it. I watched people and I went, oh, my gosh, if you're not strong enough, you're going to fall into this. You're going to go into every night after the show. You're drinking, doing drugs. You're having sex. You're fine, whatever. And that is not what it's about. And that's what made me really come to the dangers of it is that if you cannot be in that, then you can't, you just can't do it. I tell, I have friends and stuff who are, you know, they're trying to really get their lives together, but they're still out in that, in the world. And I'm like, dude, he's talking, he's on, he'll be on, you know, talking about God and, and reading the Bible and quoting scripture. And then I see him doing shots on a thing. And I'm like, you can't do it, dude. That's not that's not work. You you aren't there yet, mm. and you're showing people something that's not that's not what it is, man. It can't be. It can't be that. It has to be. We know, um, and you're not you're not ready for it. So I, that's a tough thing as a when you're teaching and being a, a representative of Christ, man. You you have to think about what people see. I don't have to tell people about Jesus, man. People they will see it in what I do, my life, what I represent. And uh, that's where I get most people that come to want to know something is I want, I want to be happy like you, man. How do you do that? And I'm like, you're not going to like the answer. It's mm. Jesus. And when they hear it, they go, come on, man. I'm like, it is, it really is. It's that simple. And, and when they finally get that, they go, Oh my God, I had a guy, I spent 10 years chasing, trying to get him to bring him to the Lord, man. He was just, man, I, I just, I love this dude and worked really hard. And I finally told him one time, I said, dude, when you get to rock bottom, Jesus is going to be there waiting for you. And do you know that that's what happened with him? And now he started a, a thing he's doing now. He finally got baptized. He's finally getting his life together. And he started a, a company called Rock Bottom Enterprises. 
Mm. Nice. So he's working. I told him, I was like, dude, he goes, you told me that it stuck with me my whole life. And it's really, and it's tough, man. This world's tough, man. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's hard, but that's, that's the problem with the dangers of music, man, is that you, you know, if you can't go out there and be, be I tell people all the time, man, I, I'm switching and going and starting to do mostly Christian music. Cause that's what I'm feeling drawn to now. Um, I feel that that's where it's going on to it. Now I do have some neat projects coming up. Um, as far as some things going on that we can we can talk about here in a little bit. Yeah, buddy. Well, earlier you talked about a, a regular project that you're a part of, the Audiotopsy show with yeah. Tom Dunn and Vicky Joy on the YouTube channel Through the Black, right? And yeah. uh, sometimes Rumble too, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yep. yeah. But um, you already explained it a little bit, but mm-hmm. can, you, can you explain a little bit more of what y'all do in a show? And then, yeah. like, what's a song that, for you, has remained very meaningful for you or to you over the last few years. Okay. Um, so the Audio Topsy show, um, I met Tom Dunn about about a year and a half ago at a conference, and I had been following him through Russ Dizdar mostly. He was a he had been training with Russ Dizdar, doing a lot of um, SRA type things and stuff like that, which people get all crazy about, but it's Sorry, people, it's real. Just just realize it. It's out there. It's happening. Um, and uh, when Russ passed away, um, Tom kind of had to take on the mantle of the whole thing. And and I saw him the next year speak, which was last July. And I spoke at this uh, Go There For conference in Ohio. And Tom, man, he was on fire, dude. I, I told him. I come up to him. I didn't really know him that well then. He, we, we talked a little bit, but... And uh, I was like, dude, you, you, man, you've stepped into the mantle in here, dude. It's incredible. You really, I'm so impressed. And we got to be friends and him and Vicky Joy have been doing this stuff for a while. They're doing, I mean, they do six nights a week live. It's crazy. Every night at 11 o'clock. So um, they have a whole lot of content and different things, but he wanted to do one with music this year. And he, he, he says, I'm going to do audio topsy. So I was, this is when I was in Cleveland getting treatments, ECP treatments. And uh, we can talk about that. But he we he he contacted me, said, "Hey man, I think you should be on the show with us. We'll talk about music." And I was like, "Sure." So it sounded really interesting to me, and I, I like the idea um, of talking about things because it allows me to understand. Because there's a lot of people who don't agree with me on a lot of stuff, and who will say, "No, you can't listen to this. You can't listen to this music or this going on to it." And I'll say, "I'll tell you something. Uh, I've seen God use secular music and bands on people more so than a praise and worship song that reached them. So don't tell me God can't do it because He can. He can. And and I will say somebody somebody will have something reach them, and I'll say, but we we talk about a lot about stuff. And uh, for me, it's a lot the songs we break down. Um, I always feel like there's some big stars, David Bowie, uh, different ones that when I read their their lyrics, they were always searching for something. And that Mm. something was Jesus and nobody in their realm or their circle got it to them. You Mm. could hear it in their songs. They're writing all these songs and have this stuff. They're looking for it. And I, and I listen and it's sadness that I listen to these songs and go, he was right there. He was right at it. Mm. And he died. He didn't know. And that to me is a hard thing. So I look at this stuff and go, okay, I want people to, 
to listen to these songs and see that there's all these things that go into it. You know, there's some people be like, oh, you can't, you can't listen to this song for what's going on with it or, or stuff. And I'll say like, like highway to hell. We did highway to hell, ACDC. Oh man, people got woo, burnt out of shape on that one. You can't do this stuff. And I said, let me tell you what I get out of that. There's a couple stories. One is that they used to talk about driving across the, the desert of Australia and it was literally a highway to hell to go to this gig they had to play it. And, and it was crazy. But what I always tell people was, when they started getting big and Bon Scott, the singer, was going on it, he was on full-fledged, man. He was drinking, partying, drugs. And at 29 or whatever age he was, he wasn't very old, he died. from yeah. over, He drunk himself to death. He died. He choked on his own thing. I was like, he was literally singing about him on the highway to hell. If you're not mm-hmm. hearing that, then you're not getting the picture of that song. Because that's what it is. It's all, hey, man, party time. Oh, yeah, man, we're having a great time. Guess what, dude? You're dead. You died. You didn't, you didn't meet, you didn't get the stuff into it. And I, I tell people, and they look at it and they get a little weird, like, oh, yeah. I'm like, no, dude, I mean, that song should sing something to you. It should let you know, hey, listen, this is, this is the real deal here. We're not, we're not playing. This is about souls. And uh, so, yeah, man, that's, that's just, that's kind of stuff we talk about on there. We've done, We've done Hotel California, which got pulled because the, the they didn't like what we said. Yeah, the block it. Yeah. We, they put it on Rumble, but that was cool because there's some really cool, interesting things that there's a lot of myth that you hear. You see stuff and go, oh, Anton LaVey is on the cover. There's stuff with the satanic stuff. And there's some really cool things, but sometimes they're just myths and sometimes it's real stuff. And uh, you know, you can't, uh, that's what we say. We don't, we, we're not really telling people this is exactly what it is because it's, it's um, people are making their own decisions and I can never tell totally with songs. Cause I mean, if I didn't write it, I can't tell you what that person meant. Right. Uh, so I, I try to, cause I've heard, there's some songs to me that uh, weren't, they weren't meant to be um, songs about God but I felt that 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 something came through them, and that's what that song. It comes to me that way, and mm-hmm. I approach it that way. My I have a friend who's in a really really big band. I'm not going to drop his name because I've been working on him for many many years, and he's pretty famous. But uh, somebody else in his band actually told me that they um that they they were really happy that I was working on him. That he he was such a they wanted to see. They were like admitting to me they were Christians. And they were like, man, I'm a Christian too. And I'm like, yeah. And you can tell that it's tough because they're all in LA, man. They're in yeah. Los Angeles. And nobody's cool for that stuff. But he wrote a song and when I listened to it, I almost cried. I was like, dude, you have written this amazing song about Jesus coming to earth. And he said, What? And he's like, and I'm like, dude, I'm gonna read you this. And he looked at he like he was like what he really could he saw it he realized hmm. it he had wrote it about his father yeah and how his stuff and it turned out to be i'm telling you man it's one of those it's one of those songs one day i'll put it out there because i think i told him i said dude this song is so good it will reach people and you didn't mean for it to but jesus had different plans my friend it's yeah good. <laughs> it's good stuff so for you what's what's one song that's really been grabbing you over the last few years and I'll tell why, you why do you think it is well you know I love all kinds I mean I'm a guitar player man and I'm a I'm a rock guy and I I like playing guitar solos and I got to do that a lot and stuff like that uh I love all kinds of music there's lots of music that has meant more to me now that I've really gotten to my faith um 
I love instrumental music, man. People say you can't do it. There's a song by Steve I called For the Love of God, and it sings to my heart. When I hear his melodies and stuff, I'm just like, oh, my God. He's he's literally, and I'm saying there, I'm like, he's not even using words. Yeah. He's using melodies, and it touches me, and I hear it. And I'm like, this is it. But for me, probably, um, there's a lot, man. I will say in terms of like songs that I feel like really touched me, I had a song that I did not know, and I went to a friend's, uh, he, he was doing a little concert at a little church, and I was kind of going just to be, he was uh, he was kin to me, and I was, you know, just, just being nice. This is, this is my pre really getting stuff onto it, but I'm going to tell you what, this guy showed up, his name is Eddie Richards, he sings gospel music, and he started singing a song called, um, I believe in a hill called Mount Calvary. I had never heard it before. I sat there and I, I literally froze in my tracks. And as he sang this song, I felt the Holy spirit. I didn't know that's what it was, but it literally broke me down. I I was crying because I was feeling this song. What was being sung, what was being sung about, you know, I believe in a hill called Mount Calvary, man. It just, it has stuck with me for, 15 years now, which is before I had my big call to God. It was, God had hit me with that and I was still out and I was still having lots of, I really wasn't caught with it. But that one of those moments when it happened, I realized that that's when God spoke to me. And then he was like, all right, Kenny, tap me a couple times here. You're not getting it yet here. Let's do this. I'm going to tell you what this is. And it just kept coming along. But that song was something. And I will tell you a song that I love. This kind of a newer praise and worship song that really means a whole lot to me. I love it when it's saying it's saying is a revelation song. Uh, I that song just gets in my soul, man. And I when I when I sing it, I I love the fact that it's it's not so um, new praise and worship. It's singing real, uh, you know, scripture stuff. When it's saying. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Those are that's those are things that are uh, testaments and statements that we utilize for our faith. And when I hear that being sung and played, man, and it's done right, I'm done. I'm yeah. done, man. I'm, I, I can't. It's like and then and right after that line, it says, "With all creation, I sing praise yeah. to the King of Kings. You are my everything, and I will adore you, dude." Man, if that if that doesn't touch you, you're not. It didn't hit you yet. That yeah. song really it does a lot for me. It's, it's it's a great. I love it. I love the fact that it's really stuff because there's a lot of praise and worship stuff I make fun of. And sometimes I'm always like, I'm like, this song is just repeating something over and over, and you're like, you're you're symbolizing a lot of stuff, but you're not touching me, man. I want you know you go yeah. back and you hear some real serious stuff. There's a funny cartoon with uh. I posted it when this guy's it's supposed to be uh, Clint Eastwood reading praise and worship songs, modern time, dude, it, it, it makes me lay on the ground cry because he's like, this is a song about Jesus sung in a church. And you're like, he's reading them. And he's like, what is this? And then, then he comes at him with the, you know, heart, you know, the serious, hymnals from the 1700s and he's he's going and he's saying that this is what this is what it is and man it's uh it's great i don't get to, i always tell people I'll, i will say this and this is something i i learned um the hard way i had a person that was being brought to christ and i made the comment during a church where they were sitting at one time about a song that i didn't like the song because i felt it was not scripturally sound 
And and that was me being who I was, being being honest. I'm not going to name the song, but the the person looked at me and went, "This is my favorite song. It's bringing me to Christ." And I went, "Oh God!" And I realized I was like, I just squashed a song that God was using to bring her to, and I and I and I had to sit there and pray over it. And God was like, "You got to fix this." better fix this. And I said, Hey, you know what? I was listening to it. I get what you're hearing from it now. And I kind of had to go into it and kind of step back a little bit. Cause I realized that that song meant something to them that it did not mean to me because I'm further on my journey and my theology and stuff. She was baby Christian, man. And it was like, Oh, this song is. And I realized I was like, dude, take it down a notch. Be careful who you're squashing their stuff, man. Because a lot of people do that. I see a lot of that happening on pages where people are just like, especially with with, the, with baby Christians. I'm like, dude, we were all baby Christians, man. We all came into this place. We don't know the whole thing. Nobody's perfect on it. So you got you got to watch sometimes what you say because it's uh, you, you might take somebody to hurt them and they're like, oh my God. So yeah, yeah. I'm not telling the song though. You'll figure it out. <laughs> so kind of starting to wrap it up, man. Thanks for taking the time, man. We're, yeah. we're about an hour so. I love it. You know, Good stuff. Uh, yeah, brother. Uh, well, you've already shared a little bit about some upcoming projects, but anything yeah. more you want to share about what you got coming down the pike? Yeah, I do. I've got some really cool things going on um, with some really big people that people, I, I think part of my ministry is that I am showing a side of people that they don't normally get to see in terms of like world renowned theologians and stuff that I'm able to approach them in a way with music and them talk about stuff that doesn't always be, it's not like, and it's not all, oh, and then, you know, we're, we're, it's like serious discussion of, oh, and then there was, you know, Genesis 6, 4, and then there's Psalm 82, and oh, the Deuteronomy 32 worldview, and this is what falls into place. And they do that for everybody. And I'll come into them and be like, hey, man, we're going to talk some music talk. And I find out that a lot of these guys are all musicians, a lot, most of them. So yeah. I, I've become a really good, one of my best friends now is Dr. Judd Burton. And it's really funny because I reached out to him as a student and started taking his class and loved what I was doing, wrote some papers and stuff. And then he started looking on the internet and seeing videos of me playing guitar. He wrote me and he's like, dude, uh, no, you, you're, you're a guitar player. I'm like, yeah, that's what, that's what I did. He goes, Oh no, dude. He's like, you're, you're like into you know, like all these things he grew up with. And we realized that we were the same person. <laughs> a little younger than me. We're the same person that loved all this rock guitar stuff, but I went to music school and he went to like to be anthropology and uh, archaeology yeah. stuff. We split and then we've come back around now. And now I'm like, oh, I'm learning theology, taking all these classes. He's like, show me some music, do some stuff. So we've gotten this great thing. He's had a rough year with health and stuff like that. But um, we started last year talking about it and we're, we're going to do, we're going to have a, there's a music project coming with myself and Dr. Judd Burton. Um, and I think people are going to be shocked because he can, he can play and he can sing. So we're, we've got some ideas rolling around and we're going to probably um, maybe make an appearance at some of these conferences that they allow us to come to. And uh, we're, we're, we've got some great ideas. It's going to be really fun. And I'm hoping to get a lot of my musician friends involved with it. And that includes you. So you'll probably get a call about some things. We're probably going to um, record and do some things. Uh, you know, I'm not looking to, I'm not going to go out and tour and stuff. It's maybe a couple shows here and there, but um, that's going on. 
And in light of that also, too, um, that came from the Audiotopsy show, um, Vicki Joy, who's an amazing writer, um, was listing one of the songs, and it was um, Like a Stone by Audio Slave. And she was talk. We were, they were, I was real sick and missed this episode. So I didn't get to be there with it. I have some stories with it, but she was talking about it. And she said the whole time she was hearing this story from his perspective, she didn't realize how much it meant. And she started hearing um, Psalm 27 in her mind and mm. she started to rewrite the lyrics and put it in with that song. And she yeah. sent it to me and she says, what do you think about this? And I was like, Oh, Oh my gosh, this is absolutely incredible. So we started taking some ideas and t- putting in some actual psalms with popular melodies and stuff that have something, and they are spectacular. We just started working on it, and um, it's really cool. I got some cool people going to pull into it, and uh, and I may get hold of you about that stuff because you, you've got some uh, skills that might be part of this. But she sent me a couple different ones, and I've been like, these are cool uh, they're they're neat. They utilize some uh, you know some secular music done and really really with some amazing Christian lyrics to it. Some people don't dig that stuff. Um, I I think it's neat. To me, it's like whatever. If it drops so to me, if somebody's listening to a song and they say this is inspired and drawn by Psalm twenty seven, they're going to go look at Psalm twenty seven. They're going to yeah. look and see what that brings to it. What is it talking about? And uh, you know, it's it's really some really cool stuff. So that's. That just came into play. We're just starting to work on that. Um, there's a lot. I mean, that's like I said, got a couple good conferences this year. I mean, I, if you if you don't know me, um, you can find me on Facebook, The Rock with Kenny C. You can just look for Kenny C. I have a Facebook page. I have a group page that we have thousands and thousands of people and tons of moderators. And the page is mostly, um, you know, I'm not selling anything. I'm not doing anything. It is uh, just a great hub for people to be encouraged talk about Jesus, to uh, ask for prayers. Um, we, we're, it's, we're doing, we've got a great thing going on as the body of Christ. I have a website with the www.therockwithkennyc.com, also .net, um, and you can see uh, some of my things on there that have like um, a podcast. I'll put probably put this up on there too, that people can see me on other podcasts, listen to me on things. There's a, there's a video uh, with myself, with Dr. Um, Five and Dime talking about uh, external counterpulsation therapy, which is something that I have a big thing coming up with uh, that's cured my situation. Uh, God led me to her, and uh, I'm, I'm going to tell you, man, it's a it's, it's an amazing thing because I, I was probably not going to make it out the rest of this year if I hadn't went. So um, I, you know, it's a, it's it's an amazing story, and it's it's totally um, it's totally God driven. So I am just blessed. I look at my year, and I was like. This year is going to be crazy because I still teach 70 students a week, which wow. is which is literally 10 to 13, 14 students a day. And I love it. I can't I, I look at it. And I realize that I'm reaching people. People come in. They don't just learn music. They're they're learning. They're learning about God. They're learning stuff. And they come in and they, they love it. I've brought people in that were atheist guitar players just wanted to learn to play who've become big parts of my, my ministry now. Moderators helping people, bringing people to Christ, bringing them to churches and stuff. And I'm like, gosh, man, that's just, that's what it's about. That's it, man. It's not, you know, I'm not worried about, I don't think about things with money. I have people donate instruments and money for my kids to come to have instruments. I, I had, um, I can't tell his name because he, he, it's anonymous, but somebody I met from Facebook 
He's a pretty big author. He reached out to me and saw me talking about some students I had that didn't have instruments that were taking lessons and didn't have instruments. They were just learning to play on their own. And his church came and sent uh, two electronic drum sets. I mean, about a thousand dollars worth of stuff to give to him and for me to have for these kids. And they were like, they saw it. They're like, no, dude, what you're doing. And, and it was amazing. And I, and so I'm just really blessed. I'm going to try to expand the rock McKinney C to a little bit more, um, to do some stuff like that. So people can, uh, add donations and stuff. I haven't gotten that level yet because I just, you know, but it's coming. It's coming. We can, we'll have some stuff where people can, you know, if they want to donate instruments or whatever to, to this stuff, it's, you know, it's a good cause. So we'll see 2023, man, big stuff. Well, that's, that's awesome, man. Yeah. That's really awesome. Well, you got any final words of advice or encouragement for those listening? I, you know what? I will say this, man. I, um, I didn't really know a lot about your music until I came and started playing on your songs. And I've went back and man, you've, you've had, a, you have a lot of material, man. You have a lot of great material that I think people are missing out on. So if people are sleeping on it, I, I would say that if they're on here, they probably know, but I want to share this with people so that people that don't know will know to come check at your stuff. Your stuff is fantastic, man. It's, it's edifying. And I, it's inspired me to, um, especially after doing yours, your stuff this year, it really put me on the track to, uh, I'm going to make some music for Christ. And, uh, I, and I thank you for helping me do that. Yeah. Praise God. i uh-huh. 